2: Should be. Greetings, welcome inside hour two of the Jason Smith show with my best friend Mike Harmon. And Hello. just to kind of pull the curtain back for you a little bit here before we get to Derek Carr. Uh you know, now the games are ending, we have all the TVs here in the room, and you oh, know yeah. when games are over, sometimes you put on movies for everybody to watch. And Harmon says to me, Hey, you just skipped over Midsummer, we could have watched that. And I what did I tell you? I just watched the Mets lose. I can't watch that. I mean, I but Florence Pew
4: is yeah. fantastic and cheaty. It's in a it.
2: great movie. I can't see it again. Eventually, the day is going to come where I don't think about that movie one time during the day. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, and I watched the movie like months ago, months and months ago. I'm like, oh my god, this movie. I mean, that's me. Like, I want to wow. see it once, and I never want to okay. see it again. I saw what, and that's it. I never want to see it Kinda again. Kind of like me in the matrix. I never want to see it again. I never want to say no. No, so we put on or so, Avatar. Yeah, so or <laughs> so we put on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, <laughs>
4: That's which, right. which I'd
2: rather see that again. Which you know, honestly, I'll tell I'll tell you what, being the big horror movie fan I am, you know the horror movies that I've loved my entire life. I don't know that I've ever been as scared as the first time I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I did. In, um, in a class in Syracuse, this just tells you about my academic life. So at Syracuse, when I was a senior, or no, maybe a junior, I took a class called History of the Horror Film, and it was awesome, right? We would watch a horror movie on Wednesday nights, we'd talk about it on Thursday, and then we'd watch the beginning of another one. It was always oh, so awesome. I mean, this is where I got into my real love of horror movie because the professor was great, because he wanted to talk about relationships in the movie, and why some movies work, and why they didn't. And we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I had never seen it. You know, I grew up on Halloween and Friday the 13th and I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I saw that in a room with about 30 other people. And after the movie was over, it's 11 o'clock at night in the early fall in Syracuse and I have to walk all the way across a dark quad to my uh, to where to where I lived, and I just turned my Walkman up because it was a Walkman because you know it's the 90s, and I turned up to like 10 playing the biggest whatever rock song I had, and I go if someone comes out of the out of the bushes and kills me with a chainsaw, they do it. I was so scared. It's such a scary movie, and I, I can't get over how and I've seen so many scary movies, but I just can't get over how scary and weird and awkward it was, and and certain scenes like they keep giving Grandpa the hammer and he keeps dropping it, and they want him to and he. Keeps dropping the hammer. I'm going, oh my god! And the one guy that shows up and trips and falls, and Leatherface just opens the the gate and just hits him on the head, pulls him in, closes the door. You never see that guy again. He's gone. He's gone. He had a good guy's run. gone in a second. He tripped and fell. Gone. I've never been as scared as when I've seen that movie. And I saw that when I was like 18 or 19 years old. Like it wasn't like, oh, I was a kid and I oh, was yeah, traumatized no. by it. No, it was like 18 or 19. I'm like, I've I've never been as scared as watching that movie. Oof,
4: man. Yeah, growing up uh, with the Catholic upbringing, uh, The Exorcist still does that to me as.
2: Oh, The Exorcist. All yeah. these years
4: later, of course, seeing it when you're eight or nine years old. Oh when it's yeah, showing, even on network television yeah. at the time. Yeah, Linda Blair walking back up the stairs backward—that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't think that was in the original. Like that made it to television. I oh, that we? was added back in okay. later on. <laughs> one of those. Hey, you know, we shot this and it was cool, but here it is. Hey, let's show this in there. Yeah, you know, as soon as the neck starts going around and vomiting pea soup is really <laughs> the one I remember. Most. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was disgusting. Yeah, and it know.
2: being so cold in the room and the the, the priests are trying to breathe oh, yeah. and it's it's so cold in there. Max
4: von put a jacket. I mean, on. that was
2: before he was fighting Flash Gordon. He was fighting the devil. That was that was that was before Kylo Ren killed him. I mean, that was. I mean, this is back. You know, hey. He- it's going to come all the way back to you. Look to... how old you become. <laughs> you want to know? Let me tell you a story about what happened to me in 1974, okay? <laughs> I go to this house, all right? Uh, we can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards terms. They do apply. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, so completely skipping over Midsummer to go to the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay.
4: Yeah, that's uh, uh, not a bad strategy. Yeah. And I will
2: say, oh, by the way, when, when the, you know, when, when, at the end of the movie, it just ends kind of awkwardly. No, you well, no. Well, it does. You don't think so? Well, it does end kind of weird. Like, you know,
4: Leatherface is there, and the, the guy's in a truck, and then they start running around the truck. Get in the truck and go. You know what? The, the best thing, though, I mean, when you get down to Leatherface, is he really runs after you. Yeah. Like, there's no lumbering. There's no half-ass effort. He's really trying to make things happen. He is. But you don't know what
2: happened to the truck driver. The truck driver just kind of, where'd the truck driver go? I don't know. Truck drivers, I don't know. Who knows?
4: But here's the thing. I didn't realize that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the latest iteration, had actually come out this year. Yeah. I I had read a report Mm -hmm. a long time ago, quite obviously, that there was one coming. I'm like, ah, I wonder when that's premiering. Oh, that was in February. So I must have been decompressing from the Super Bowl at that point, <laughs> and I missed it. I got I to say, though, uh,
2: you know, the people at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre are better people than I, because if I was driving down a country road by myself and there was a dude outside waving a, a, a chainsaw, I, I would keep going. I think I would keep going. I'd say, you know what? I'm going to call. For help, I'm gonna call for help. This guy's wearing a human mask on his face. Okay, I'm gonna call for help. Don't worry. Just, just r- grab the back of the car like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, and just kind of just you know r- ride along the back with me like he did when he was on the uh, on the on the skateboard. Just kind of do that. I, I think that's what I would do.
4: See, I always get caught up in a House of a Thousand Corpses in our horror films celebration. Here, okay, because it's got Rain Wilson in it.
2: And it's got a lot of corpses.
4: Well, it's, it's got, got a, a thousand. It's, got a <laughs> it's pretty good. What if they shortage it? <laughs> Hey, can we make hey all 1000 They're only 998.
2: No, no that's what we're going to do. We're going to just CGI. Mo- I got two corpses, and we're going to CGI the rest. Oh, all right. Well, great. We'll save money on that.
4: See, he's uh, got, you just missed the weird dance <laughs> with the chainsaw. <laughs> uh, so,
2: speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, there's no segue there. I just said No,
4: that. there is. It would have been a, a massacring a young, budding career had a move that oh, we've no, no, been talking no. about. No, no, I got even, better. Oh, even I got, better. I got yeah. it.
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre had Leatherface, TJ. Meanwhile, Derek Carr, hopefully being protected by Leatherwood this
4: season, TJ. <laughs> there you go, boy. I hate there you. you go. I did I it. I hate you and everything you stand for. I did it. By the way, from all reports, he states. <laughs> There is no protection coming.
2: Uh, there is a big report this weekend. Dana White, UFC head, did a, an interview with Rob Gronkowski on his podcast and said, just let you guys know, I had this deal all worked out for Brady to go to Vegas a couple years ago in 2020. It was all worked out. And then John Gruden said no. And this is a story that was backed up by Rob Gronkowski. And then, you know, everybody's putting two and two together. And you remember back to Brady doing the interview a year ago when he said he was looking for teams. And he goes, I talked to one team that they were interested in me, and I said, you're taking that guy over me? You're picking that guy. guy? Or so, And so now you know, okay, that was probably the Raiders telling him we're sticking with Derek Carr over you. And Tom Brady was going crazy. It's on the barbershop, right? It was a, well, on the, shop. Yeah, on the, on shop, the yeah. shop,
4: and he said, yeah. you're sticking with that, Emma. You're sticking with that guy? You're sticking with that guy? Yeah, I can't me.
2: say, him I can't say, i got to say well, guy.
4: C- thing with the guy <laughs> in the place. I'm just trying to tell you about the urgency. You can bleep me if you need to. You're sticking
2: with that guy over me, and Brady gets mad. So now we know, hey, this is probably Derek Carr and the Raiders. So, now that this seems like it's been verified and and, yeah. and uh, we're going forward now, Derek Carr was asked about that the first time at practice today because it would have been him being replaced by Tom Brady. So, what did Derek Carr have to say?
5: It is what it is. Uh, you know, for me, like, I didn't even hear about it. Uh, we actually had, within the building, someone lost a family member. So, like, I was so immersed in that and just talking to that person and that kind of stuff that... It was a moment to really put things in perspective, like it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, anything I say will just be blasted out there, so I'm just going to completely remove myself and just keep trying to play football. It's been nice just answering football questions, uh, you know, and hopefully hopefully, no more drama in the city. That's what That's what I hope.
2: Dude, you're a raider. Your drama is built in. You can't get away. You, you can't escape it, right? You can't. It, speaking of, it, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis trying to escape Michael Myers. Not look happening. Always going to find you. Always going to bring
4: you. It back. Always gonna find you,
2: right? You look at so and there's a little bit of Derek Carr going. I really don't want to talk about this. I'm going to bring up alone. a very, bring up a serious topic, which I'm like, uh, all right now. But here's the thing. He can't be upset because if you're talking about being replaced by somebody, I don't think anybody in the NFL could be upset. Going, hey, you're picking Brady. Oh well, yeah, yeah, you're picking Brady over the guy's the best quarterback we've ever seen. So okay, Uh, and he's got to feel a little bit emboldened by the fact that the Raiders chose him and John Gruden chose him over Tom Brady. Yeah, we're keeping Derek Carr. We don't want Tom Brady. Feel
4: bad, okay? That John Gruden didn't want Tom Brady because. (laughs) Tom Brady would have eclipsed what John Gruden was supposed to be, right? He's still forever kind of bashed for how things worked out winning his Super Bowl, right? Hey, it's his team, his players. I showed up. Hey, we won. Uh, and then we go over here, and he's the $100 million man. He's big strutting around. He got, oh, Vegas is mine. Wait, Tom Brady's coming in? No longer is it mine. I'm just a guy. I'm a <laughs> jag.
2: I'm going to give you 70% that that's correct. I'm going to give you 70%. Say, it's Gruden. Right. No, 70%. Yeah. That's right. The Gruden doesn't want anybody to eclipse him. Right? Because, well, look and at the guys he traded. Right? What did he do with Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack was a big voice. See yep, hey, You're gone. We're trading. You. Yeah. Certain guys are like that because that's sometimes some coaches come in with that kind of Attitude. Chip Kelly was like. Remember, Chip Kelly was accused of all this racist stuff. You're tra- No, he was trading all the players who were popular and had very important voices. No, I want to get rid of them because my voice needs to be the voice out of this locker room. for
4: him, it was all the guys with talent, too.
2: Yeah, that, that hurts. So it really didn't work that hurts. out when it's, so the, well.
4: when it's the guys who were good, you have to trade.
2: But I'll give you 70% that that was right. 70% that was right. I'm going to give you 30% that it was Gruden going... Every day I gotta look at this guy and go. Woodson had the sack. Beekert had the ball, and still they wound up overturning it, and that could have been a Super Bowl. So no, I'm not going to get this guy. I'm not. No, I can't do it because I can't. Every time I look at him, I see Woodson slamming into the guy, and I see the ball coming out, and I see Beekert with the ball, and he comes running off the field with the ball, and I can hear Greg Gumbel saying, "Oh, the Raiders are going to win this game," and then suddenly I gotta watch Vinatieri kick it
4: through the snow, 45 yards out. No, I can't have this guy on the team. we're going to order pizza tonight. Are we getting Lou Malnati's or are we getting do- the Salerno's? I, I did get into you a little bit of Chicago. You kind of drifted into chicago
2: my friend. Uh, but, but look, this is, this, this is, this is where you want to get to with, with Derek Carr, all right? Derek Carr is okay. Is Derek Carr a great quarterback? No. Is he a good quarterback? Yeah. Is he overvalued? Yeah. There's two camps. There's people who think Derek Carr is overrated and people who think Derek Carr doesn't get enough credit. Uh, okay. For the people who think he doesn't get enough credit, what do you want him to get credit for?
4: That's it. What do you want to get credit for? I'll give him credit for what he did last year after Gruden was ousted and everything was swirling around. Yeah, he got that team to come back together. Yes. They he, did a good job there. You he want, soldiers. He, yes, yeah. he
2: soldiers. He deals with the controversy and he well. Br- and he, I will give and you and that. And he shows yes. great leadership. Yes. We talk
4: about where guys have failed. We talked about Kevin Durant last hour and all of that that, that's a place where Derek Carr excelled
2: yes he he was I, he is very he was very good at that and he's been good at that for most of his career because look the Raiders are built like I said there's controversy all over the place Damn. but Derek Carr is just an okay quarterback he threw eight touchdowns in the last eight games last year all right eight touchdowns in the last eight games this is an era in the NFL where you need more dynamic play from your quarterback and Derek Carr's thing has been he's just been good enough to For the team to get every offseason and say, what do we need to fix? And quarterback wasn't as high as other priorities. Because Carr has played just well enough to keep his job to the point where the Raiders think, all right, we get them some help here and here. This is going to work out. But then something happens because it's the Raiders, and the defense falls apart or the running game falls apart, and you don't give them the help you. Boy, okay, what do we got to do this year? Well, we got to do X, Y, and Z to make sure we get better. We got to get better on the offensive line. We gotta... And Derek Carr is just good enough to say, all right, we're, we're, we're solid there. We don't need to go crazy to replace him because it is difficult to replace a quarterback. When you're mediocre, it's hard because you don't draft high enough. You're not going to spend the time developing a quarterback. And like I said, Derek Carr is is okay He's good. But look at where he is. He got gets to the playoff last year and they don't win. Well, this and is they their were, chance. They were lucky they got. He threw the ball 55 times last year in the playoff game. Uh, he wasn't good the end of the year. He's one of the lower-rated quarterbacks. You can talk about how he threw for a lot of yards, but pass when you throw 55 times a game, you're going to throw for a lot of yards. His passer rating is below average. Derek Carr is 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 good. Is he really good? No. Can you see these a next-level quarterback? He's not. And this year, you're going to see, because this is a rubber-hits-the-road year for Derek Carr. He's never had the weapon. That he's had right now, and he's got Devonte Adams. There's no excuse now. You have okay. Do you like Josh Jacobs? No, but the running game—it's not where you need a guy pounding the ball. And from all uh, reports from camp, Amir Abdullah is looking fantastic. It's going to be the James White in the Raider backfield They're well, going to yeah, throw that the football. Elvis karate out there. Move after yeah, he scored the preseason. Yeah, Elvis the game Karate move is pretty big. I mean, you could do that. That's pretty combined
4: good. combined with Derek Carr. It sounded like he's going to say, "You look of the trouble." <laughs> it, it all works out really nicely.
2: He's going to say, "TJ, a little less conversation." A little more touchdown passes. So this is that year for Derek Carr because he's he and I I I if I had to put money, is he going to be really good? He's going to be the same because plus six fifty to win the division.
4: It's kind of who and he is, and you're in a miserable slog through the division. Derek Derek Carr
2: is just okay, and if you're counting the quarterbacks in the AFC West, he is the fourth best quarterback. He is the fourth-best quarterback in that division. Everybody else is better.
4: You like Russ can't cook better than of him?
2: Of course I do, because Russell Wilson has been a better player for his career than, than Derek Carr has been. Derek Carr has had some nice years, but he's 31, and he kind of is who he is. He looked like he was going to be great his first two, three years in the league. Right? The year he got hurt, I, I thought the Raiders were going to go to the, go well, to the Super Bowl. He was going to be
4: the MVP. That was the year that nobody got hurt on that squad. Right, everything was right. They're rolling, and then until Derek Carr got broke. hurt,
2: yeah, until Derek <laughs> Carr, and the, the tight shirt still plays. Yeah, that no, sound it's bite. the
4: drop that lives forever. Yeah,
2: Derek Carr is just okay. I mean, so let's be realistic about it. He's he's just okay. He's the fourth best quarterback in the division, and and he gets overvalued because of that because he plays just good enough to keep his job from year to year. That's what it is. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. AutoZone's got the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. If you're having trouble starting your car, AutoZone will test your battery for free and help you find the issue so you don't spend money on parts you don't need. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply, so get in the zone. AutoZone. Well, coming up next, a day we didn't think we'd see in the NBA is here. Kevin Durant is staying. What? Yes, Kevin Durant is staying. We'll take you inside it next right here. Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: us now on the hotline you can follow him on twitter at mark g underscore medina that's mark g underscore medina nba writer and insider for nba.com he covered the warriors and kevin durant for years longtime friend of the show who came in second to darvin ham in being named lakers head coach so uh mark congratulations that could you still keep a better gig than coaching the lakers
5: Hey, look, it could be worse. You could be Sean Marks or Steve Nash, two guys that Kevin Durant wanted fired last week, but now all of a sudden is willing to be colleagues again. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, you keep it all in perspective.
4: Oh, I feel pretty good if I'm either of those guys. (laughs) I'm 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 a man. I'm proud. I'm a man. Yeah, exactly. Hey, pick me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) How does that. That is amazing. I mean, usually in today's NBA, Uh, If an NBA superstar is demanding a coach or a GM to be fired, like they ask, uh, you know, how high should we jump? And here they didn't blink. They said, no, we are keeping Steve Nash. We're keeping Sean Marks, Uh, you know, F you Kevin Durant, right? So it's just interesting and sad to say the least that both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant uh, this offseason try to pull a Uh, George Costanza, right? They said, you know what? I quit. I'm leaving this job. And then. You know, the next week they come back to the office acting like
4: nothing happened. Or the other one where he's dragging a trophy around, although they didn't win a trophy, so they'd have mm. to substitute something else. And I can't get fired. <laughs> can't fire me if you can't find
2: me. Nope, can't fire me. He's working really hard. uh th- this is the craziest part to me, Mark, is that it's embarrassing for Kevin Durant to to pull the hey I can make whatever I want to happen happen, and now clearly he can't. And and I, I look back at this and I say this is part of the microcosm as to why he's still a Brooklyn Net. He thought he had one kind of impression and image around the league when clearly he's not the prize that he once was and nobody wanted to trade for him and that's why he's back with the Nets.
5: Yeah, and look, I think that there's some layers to this that, you know, there was certainly interest for Kevin Durant because he still is one of the best players. But I think, to your point, uh, teams threw the line in the sand at what cost. None of those teams we're going to be giving the, uh, their best player away. A lot of teams, including the Golden State Warriors, wanted to value team continuity. So while you also factor in, look, the Nets weren't just going to take any deal. Uh, it's not like other teams were willing to give up the moon to get Kevin Durant. Um, I, I think the second thing here uh, that's interesting is that you know I don't fault Kevin Durant for not for wanting to leave Brooklyn. Like if I'm Kyrie Irving's teammate, I would have. Uh, been very frustrated with his behavior and his lack of availability last season. Same thing with Ben Simmons. He did not play a single game with the Nets last season after getting acquired uh, from the Philadelphia 76ers in a trade. Uh, Steve Nash, look, he's a Hall of Fame point guard, but he hasn't proven yet to be a really good coach. Sean Marks uh, has had a proven track record in building a good team, but you know, ever since acquiring, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they haven't put the right roster around them. But I think the problem with Kevin Durant, uh, you know, making these kind of demands is he is the culture. He is responsible for why the Nets are where they are. Um, You know, Sean Marks was willing to listen to Kevin and Kyrie's wishes as far as trade away their young assets to get guys like a DeAndre Jordan or getting James Harden and all of a sudden trading him less than a season later. And they also listened uh, to their voice about having Steve Nash and look, Steve Nash, again, has basketball credentials, but the knock against him before was, Hey, he's never been a head coach ever. And, uh, you know, they got rid of Kenny Atkinson, who's been having a proven track record with having really great uh, player development approaches, as well as an offensive mind. Um, So, Well, I don't fault Kevin for being upset with the Nets culture. The problem is he is the Nets culture in and of itself. So it is a classic example of, uh, uh, you know, the pot calling the kettle black.
4: Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon here, Fox Sports Radio on the hotline with us, NBA writer, NBA.com. You've read him on USA Today, the Mercury News, L.A. Daily News. Find him on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina joins us talking about all the silly season here in the NBA. And one of the great stories that was the thread, uh, is now dead. So there's more dominoes to fall, of course, but let's go back to your time covering the Warriors, Mercury news and Kevin Durant. What was he like then? Was there any inkling that this was, uh, on the horizon?
5: Well, look, uh, you know, I, I loved covering, covering Durant. I think personally, he was always professional with me. You know, there were a few times where, you know, he actually I would say only really one time that he didn't take finally after the Draymond green altercation where I asked, you know, the next game that they started playing, how things are. And he said, don't ask me that question ever again. But to his credit, he apologized. Uh, we had a really great working relationship. and I think we still do. Um, so those things were great. And I think, you know, The results speak for itself. His time with the Warriors, two uh, NBA titles out of three finals appearances, two finals MVPs. I think that the underrated thing about him and the Warriors is that as much as people like to say, oh, well, it was just a team full of all-stars. You rolled a ball on the floor. Um, All those guys were able to sacrifice and complement each other's role while still doing what they do best. So Kevin deserves a lot of credit with that. But I think with his final season there, it was clear that it was likely he was going to leave. Not necessarily because of the Warriors or even the Draymond Green altercation, but more of everything external. When he wanted his first NBA championship, it didn't provide any sort of source of validation for him. And he wasn't always getting you know, kind of those asterisk uh, commentary of no matter what he accomplished – uh, it was held against him that you know he won a championship with the star-studded Warriors. So I think with that, he wanted to take on a new challenge, not because he wanted to be the man, but I think to show that he could still win titles elsewhere without being part of the Warriors' uh, you know, culture and star power. But I think that mindset is understandable, but it's a huge leap of faith to then say, you know what? I'm going to go to the Brooklyn Nets and team up with Kyrie Irving because even though <laughs> Kyrie Irving is an amazing talent, he won a title with LeBron, he, he doesn't exactly represent uh, any form of leadership or dependability as it pertains to his availability. Amazing talent, but you never know when he's going to show up.
2: So when it comes to the future, KD's going to stay in net. Is he in net forever? Is he in net until the trade deadline? Are he and Kyrie Irving playing together? How do you see this next year unfolding?
5: Look, flip a coin. I mean, look, uh, he threatened to break up, and then they're willing to get back together. Does that mean (laughs) it's going to be a long-lasting marriage? No, maybe it might mean another fight here. But the reality is I think that both the Nets and Kevin Durant finally realize today and accept the fact that they're better off with each other. Uh, they have a lot of question marks. I think Kevin's the least of them because, to his credit, he was uh, he was always dependable and he was healthy. And I don't think that he was going to boycott, you know, going into training camp like Ben Simmons did last year with the Sixers. But there's questions about Kyrie's availability, his leadership. But when's Ben Simmons going to ever play? And how healthy will he be? And how about the rest of the supporting cast? It's basically lacking and how will Steve Nash continue to adjust as a coach? Those are a lot of question marks that have to be checked. So while there is precedent with Kobe Bryant with the Lakers in 2007, after he went score shirt, demanding a trade, you know, hurling personal insults at Jerry Boston, Mitch Kupchak, you know, they're willing to, you know, coexist and make it work. And they wound up getting a, a really good package trade with Pal Gasol before the trade deadline. And then they made the NBA Finals, they lost that year to Boston, but then they won back-to-back titles. Um, There is an avenue for the Nets to do that, but I think it's a lot easier said than done because there's a lot more question marks that this Nets franchise has to answer than that Lakers franchise had to answer at that time.
4: Mark, out of all the reports, we got the brain trust together. I thought Kyrie was supposed to be inner
5: circle. What happened? Uh, I mean, I don't think I was ever in his circle. I mean, did you have any illusions there?
4: No, no, no. Just saying, in this inner circle, like he was going to help run things. Yeah, and he now was, he's he not was, even yeah. at the table. Him and Joe Side and oh, Mark—they're talking <laughs> about No, no. Yeah, well, I no. Mean, if you were, that'd be even better. I, <laughs> I was hoping I would stumble onto something there. But I, no. I did think it. I did <laughs> think it was
5: telling that after his uh, after the season ended on how he. He and Kevin Durant were going to huddle up with Sean, with Sean Marks to the figure out what's the best course uh, and excluding Steve Nash as if he's like not in charge as a head coach. So, yeah, I think it's rich and it's very it's a very astute observation you made that Kyrie Irving was not part of that meeting. I think the that's decided to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, we're not going to allow. Uh, you know, the the shenanigans to go on, and we're going to exert some sort of authority here and try to act professional.
2: He's on Twitter at Mark G underscore Medina. That's Mark G underscore Medina, NBA writer, insider for NBA.com, and runner-up for the Lakers head coaching job. Mark, as always, (laughs) appreciate your time with us, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Have fun. A big development involving everybody's favorite band MLB player. We got it for you next right here. This is Fox.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone
0: relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
1: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing, more amazing than the Mets. Uh, Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms, they do apply. Fernando Tatis Jr. spoke today for the first time since his 80-game suspension for PEDs, which is knocking him out the rest of this year, World Baseball Classic, and into next year. He took today to apologize for his actions and how he hurt the team. And, oh, by the way, to also announce, I'm going to have shoulder
4: surgery this that was an added bonus, wasn't a, it? Oh, hey, and I'm going to have shirts. Wait, wait, no, what we had, say, wait. What? We had the issue. We've talked about whether, whether I was forthright with anybody about motorcycle accidents. Notice the plural that I added there. <laughs> and now you've got, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I apologize. I'm sorry for everything that went down. Uh, I got to have surgery. I'll see you.
2: <laughs> Anything else today? Yes, I'm uh, having shoulder surgery. I'll see
4: Alex. I'll wait, what'd you say? Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Say
2: that again. He's having shoulder surgery. All right. Now, I'm done with Fernando Tatis with the angle on this because I've I've told you many times. Why did you give him money when you didn't know about him or his character or his health? It's time to talk about the Padres and how they got to own this. They have to own a really big mistake that we decided giving a 21-year-old kid who had come up with a broken thumb, ligament damage, and a back injury, that's a guy we're going to give $330 million to right we're going to we're going to keep him for the rest of his career and we're going to do this it's a christmas present to our fans it's and we're sh- we're showing everybody that we're legitimate and i get it you get carried away because the padres haven't had many stars they haven't had many homegrown stars that they could look up and say this is who we are this is our identity but it was a stupid deal it was stupid at the time and it's even stupider now they got giddy they got carried away because how they should have done it is how the Braves are doing. And eventually it could come back to bite the Braves because a guy has a good three or four months that's, hey, how'd you like to be uh, here for the next eight years and $92 million? Oh, that's great. Okay, you know maybe Michael Harris is good, but maybe he's also having a good three or four months. But... This is how you gamble with it. It's not a deal that's going to come back and kill you. Eventually, Ronald Acuna is going to say, hey, um, I want more than $10 million a year. Okay, I, I know I signed yes. it when I was young, and you didn't have to give me money, but I want more than $10 million a year. But that's how you do it, right? I've said that many times. You want to reward Fernando Tatis Jr. and say, hey, we want you to be a— that's how you do it. It's a deal that helps him because you're paying him way before he has to get paid, and it also helps you because, well, you're not going to be paying him $35 million a year. But this is what the Padres decided to do. We didn't have to give him three hundred and forty million dollars, but we're going to. That's just stupid, and they got to own it. They can be as mad at Fernando Tatis as they want to, and they can hide their. But they got to be just as mad at themselves because they're the ones that came through with this. They could have had Tatis for a while and not paid him. They could have seen what what he does, how he matures, if he matures, and he hasn't. And so now they'd be in a much better place. Well, Tatis is a great talent, but look at what's going on so far. Don't have to worry about paying. Him. We'll see what happens when he comes back. Now you're stuck. Now you're stuck with a guy because how are you going to trade him?
4: How are you going to trade him? How are you going to do it? Well, how are you, you going go to do it? You're him. stuck. You got to own it. I was waiting for your voice to start going up like you were Seinfeld, but like part of it is the I want to dig deeper into the Preller comments. I want him off the record and and hanging out and just starting to shoot the breeze of all the other stuff that he kind of alluded to in terms of maturity issues because he's got one or two. Okay, that's not great, but. It sounded like there were more frustrations, more incidences, maybe not to the level of the motorcycle accidents and things of that, but where they were questioning really why they they made this move. So some more transparency and and more sources and and rumors uh, to flow there. But issued the shoulder surgery, has the motorcycle accident, get popped for the PEDs, all of this rolls through, and it was all in a desperation move to chase down the Dodgers with one piece. Now, you ended up bringing in Machado. Okay, we got two. And then that Wolf Pack became three when you traded. Oh, wait, it didn't because Soto came in, and he wasn't eligible to play because he's now suspended uh, as he had started that rehabilitation uh, stint. So, to your point, the way the Braves have done it, they're... Decent sized bet bets, but if they all crap out, you're you're not that hamstrung. Cause you've got other guys in your organization, other guys in your farm system. Here, you're still developing the farm system. And then the guys you did have, you traded them all the way in one fell swoop <laughs> to bring in another superstar and, and the uncanny timing of it all. So now uh, you're hamstrung on so many levels, and the surgery he didn't get last year now has to be performed in addition to the suspension. So what's he going to be like? Like, you, you gambled on a number of levels. Yeah. Right? What, and, and now you're also questioning all of the maturity issues, but also going back to were the numbers that we got legitimate before the injuries piled up and before the dishonesty about the motorcycle accident and before ringworm.
2: Mm, way before, way before, way before.
4: But no. but those numbers, are, are yeah. they legit? Because the White Sox yeah. didn't really uh-huh. seem to care when they traded them away to bring in James Shields. We say sports is a business all the time, right? The NFL is yeah, yeah. a business.
2: MLB is a business. You know what this was? This was bad business. Yeah. It's exactly what it was. They took their it's shot. bad and they business got got. by the Padres. Yeah. And they got to own it. Be mad at Tatis, but be mad at you because you're the guys who did it. You got to own that. You went chasing. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, so what is next for a big breaking story in the NBA? We got that for you straight ahead. Fox.
1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at
4: chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW, avoid, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
4: At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody